0: You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything, with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about This and That. We're back, This and That Nation. You are listening to This and That with David and Brenda. I am Brenda, better known
1: as Miss Bren-Bren. And this is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor.
0: And we are back with another episode of our Eclectic Podcast, where we talk about everything that's anything.
1: Coming to you from Podcast Land Studio, talking to all of our loyal listeners out there in this and that nation. Today is June the 12th. 2020. And I believe I hear music. And that tune can only mean one thing. It is episode 50.
0: Oh no, what that tune means, I'm supposed to break out in song.
1: No, it means it's episode 50, the golden podcast.
0: Well, you know the tune would go something like... uh, Or the words to the tune would go... um, This is our golden podcast. This is our golden podcast, golden. You knew I had to break out in song at some
1: point. Uh, Yeah. I knew it was coming. But um, this is the... Um, well, let me, let me back up because loyal listeners to This and That with David and Brenda know that we are a no-budget podcast. And, but do not worry. We are using an original instrumental remake of the tune. And we have permission, thank you very much, at Producer Omar uh, for making this instrumental available for our usage. And it's an instrumental of
0: what famous song?
1: Well, it's a classic. It's a 21st century classic. Golden by uh, Jill Scott. Hence Golden Podcast. Well, Hence Golden Podcast because it's episode 50.
0: Well, yeah, and but golden the,
1: anniversary. But
0: the music goes with it. Yes, it does. So, and we've been doing this since uh, early 2019, and this is our 50th, so pat ourselves on the back. Hugs for all of those who keep coming back and listening to us because we would not have gotten this far without
1: your help. Well, enough of um, that intro and setup, and because it's the golden podcast. We um, have some special things going on throughout that folks will be able to hear as the episode progresses.
0: But first, let's do our traditional shout-outs to all who are listening to us and coming from certain locations as well where we have listeners. So, shout-outs to those in Jacksonville, Florida.
1: Bronx, New York.
0: Clearwater, Florida. Florida. Liverpool, New York. And those are folks located here in the U.S. So thank you very much for uh, listening to our podcast. Now, if we go overseas, we have those listening to us in Cape Town, South Africa.
1: Nairobi, Kenya.
0: Johannesburg, South Africa. And Accra, Ghana. So thank you to all, again... For listening to our eclectic podcast, where, once again, we talk about everything that's anything. Now, we also want to do a shout-out,
1: of course, to the U.S. military. Shout-out to the U.S. military, the men, women, and canines that make up all five branches, as well as their dependents and all the civilian... Support systems and contractors that make the military hum, and we also want to do a shout out to
0: our first responders, right?
1: Yes, police, fire, nine one one, EMS, and so forth. Thanks to um, to all of them, as well as to all the frontline healthcare workers that um, are out there in the age of the coronavirus helping to keep everybody um, healthy and well. And shout out also to the uh, essential workers that are out there, teachers, grocery store, employees, truck drivers, um, delivery folks, on and on and on. Thank you for everything. And even though the economy is quote-unquote opening up, that doesn't change uh, a thing as far as... The essential workers, frontline workers, and so forth.
0: Yes, those and many others are among the unsung heroes that are helping out in this pandemic crisis. Yes. So thank you very, very much. Like we've been saying since day one, our podcast is free, right?
1: Yes, it's uh, free, always been free, and will continue to be free. And folks can listen to the free podcast wherever they listen to all of their other podcasts. We are available through several podcast apps, streaming services, distribution points, uh, on-demand locations include our home base of SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Tune in, Spotify, and so on and so on. The podcast is also available on all Alexa voice assisted devices.
0: Like we've always said since day one, we want to hear from you. So if you have a comment or a suggestion, uh, where can folks email
1: us, David? They can email us at thisandthataboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this. The letter N is in Nancy, that, all nine characters together, at sign about greatercincinnati.com. We also have an email distribution list, so when you are sending us a note, uh, ask us to sign up um, for the email distribution list, and we will add your name to that, and you will begin to receive. Our e-blast, as we like to call it, that details out what's going to be in upcoming podcasts, uh, has thoughts for the day, and some other interesting tidbits. As our loyal listeners are aware, uh, we also do a thought
0: you should know to make sure that information about things that are happening here in the U.S. that may not be known to many in the country... Uh, We want to make sure you're aware about it. So I've heard something about a loan that Magic Johnson is underwriting for small businesses that are minority-owned
1: and women-owned, correct? Yes, it's uh, part of the PPP loans for SBA. Black-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, women-owned businesses were having issues, uh, some of them getting money from the um, core of the PPP program, Paycheck Protection Program, for small and medium businesses affected by COVID-19. This has gone through a couple different iterations. First iteration, a lot of businesses that weren't small um, took advantage of um, being able to get into this, but even uh, once that was taken care of, essentially the uh, the The way this worked, if you weren't already connected, plugged into um, I'll, I'll say the the standard so uh, standard business infrastructure, so to speak, uh, you were kind of cut out. So there were some changes made in Congress, but still there are problems with folks uh, minorities and like getting um, these loans. So Al Sharpton connected Magic Johnson to MBE Capital Partners which and is and
0: for those who don't know who Magic Johnson is
1: Magic Johnson is one of the the in my opinion one of the top 10 NBA players of all time um and played for the LA Lakers for a, a good long while during the the uh, 80s primarily and um 80s and up into the '90s, so that's who Magic Johnson is. And once he retired from the NBA, he's been uh, working business, and he's been very successful at that. And it's um, one of his businesses, the insurance business that he has, Equitrust uh, Life Insurance Company, that's partnering with MBE Capital Partners, which is a um, private non-bank lender. It's minority owned, and so forth. And they focus on disadvantaged um, small businesses and the like. So that made a perfect fit. And again, like I said, all Sharpton connected these folks together. So Magic Johnson's pledged $100 million towards um, small loans to go to um, minority women-owned businesses through the auspices of PPP. MBE Capital is actually facilitating all that. And the goal is to try and get um, uh, essentially five thousand small business loans through this mechanism. Well, a hundred million is
0: not chump change. No, at least no. not in not in my opinion. And mm-hmm. if anybody thinks it's chump
1: change and you got it, feel free it's, to it's, give it to me. It's a hundred million, but hundred million is not chump change either.
0: So. I think you
1: said five hundred million.
0: No, I said 100.
1: It's not like said five. No. Yeah. Okay. It's
0: $100 million. It's $100 million. And if somebody, like I said out there, if you have that kind of money and you think it's chump change, feel free to send it my way because I can definitely spend that. <laughs> and I think there are a lot of small businesses out there, minority owned or women owned, that would love to be able to get in on having these kind of loans. To help them during this pandemic crisis
1: with their businesses. And the way to plug into this is to go to MBE's website, which is mbecp.com, as an MBE, MBE Capital Partners. So mbecp.com. And right there on the homepage, there's an explanation of what the, the loan program is and a, a button to, to get an application and apply and all that fun stuff.
0: Well, I think um, we need to give Magic Johnson and the folks at NBE Capital Partners a, um, a high-five. Because this is definitely a slam dunk. So, David, what are we going to talk about today?
1: We are going to start with a little bit of what's happening in the news. A law and justice segment on George Floyd. Also, since the economy is opening back up, restrictions, are um, the stay-at-home orders are being taken away, folks are going to want to venture out and talk a little bit about what public health officials are saying about how one should safely venture out during the pandemic. And also, we'll cover a little bit about what they also say about folks who are going out in the protest, because they've kind of been horrified about how folks are not physically distancing and a whole bunch of other things. So how can you actually go peacefully protest and make sure that you're protecting yourself as much as possible from catching COVID-19? That's the show. So again, we just
0: can't get away
1: from (laughs) COVID-19. It had to be somewhere in here. You knew that.
0: Now, I thought, David, normally every 10 episodes... We do a technology
1: review. Yes, that is absolutely the case, but because this is the Golden Podcast, we are preempting our normal programming, so to speak, and the technology edition will return in episode 60.
0: So we're going to get some kind of sound effect that says we preempt our programming with this special edition. Uh, That would have been cool, but no. (laughs) Maybe the next time we do something like that, we'll do it. All right, well, folks have to listen to me being the sound effect. We preempt this special pro... Well, okay, whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say. So, there we go. All right, and in the immortal words of Bugs Bunny, on with the show. This is it. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's go. Well, you know, I have to break out the song again. You don't have to. Yeah, I
0: do. This is our Golden Podcast. This is our Golden Podcast, Golden. You are now listening to This and That with David and Brenda. 2020, the year 2020, started out with impeachment hearings of President Trump, eventually his not being convicted. And then we moved into all the um, COVID-19 pandemic crisis that's going on Not just here in the U.S., but around the world. And that has led to lots of other concerns, issues like unemployment, skyrocketing, schools being closed. So many other things that have been going on. And just when I thought, I don't know about everybody else, but I thought it can't get any worse than what's going on with the whole COVID-19 stuff, and then we have what happened.
1: Right, with, uh, well, you know, it's actually back-to-back-to-back. You had Ahmaud Arbery, which the video came to head recently, but that actually happened back in February. Then uh, Breonna Taylor down in Louisville, and then, of course, uh, Memorial Day, George Floyd in Minneapolis, where... um, Literally for eight minutes and 46 seconds, uh, police a former police officer Derek Chauvin um, murdered him in a barbarous, torturous way. As far as I'm concerned, that's how I would characterize it. But it can always get worse. You hear me say that all the time. I mean, there's an asteroid that's three million something miles away from the Earth. You know, which is very close in astronomical terms, but You know, it wouldn't have surprised me if they came on and said, gee, the asteroid's coming real close to Earth. It won't be a direct hit, but something's going to break off and it'll probably be the size of a stadium. It can always be worse. Yeah, well. And the more, you know, people understand that, the better off I think we would be in the world. It could always get worse. And it
0: did get worse (laughs) because there were protests in all 50 states from sea to shining sea. Here in the U.S. And there were protests that were peaceful. There protests around the world, actually. Well, yeah, I'm getting to that. I'm okay. just talking about here in the United all States. Right, all right, all right, There were protests that were peaceful. There were riots that were not so peaceful, which led to buildings being burned, um, all other kind of chaos that was going on. And then it may have started out here in the U.S., but eventually peaceful protests made its way around the world, all in the name of what happened to George Floyd. And and they're still
1: going on around the world. They haven't stopped. Stuff will keep going on and on, and that's because of my opinion. The reason is because we have video. These things have been happening, you know, our entire lives, but now you see him on video in this last one, again, to have a, at the time, police officer callously disregard what he was doing, and I would say essentially, um, you know, deciding to kill George Floyd, because there's no way he could not have known that that would be the end result. And not care that he's being filmed you know that he's done a lot of bad things and we know from his his jacket there have been i forget how many uh he's he was like a 20 something year veteran and it's like almost every year there had to be a complaint i think he had like 17 complaints in 20 years or I believe, 20 it was, years. I believe it was 18 okay yeah i mean that is how, how are you still a police officer i mean that's that's my thinking on that. Yeah, he should have been let go a long time that, ago. That's my thinking on that one. But um it's um but yeah. then what do you what do you expect? Minneapolis
0: police department have reportedly had what was it, two hundred and thirty seven yes incidents of people of police officers using this type of maneuver on
1: suspects? Right, and um, this may be, this is the only documented case of somebody dying, but there are lots of cases of people passing out, having to be hospitalized from this and, and, and so on. So, um, that's yeah, that's just shocking. And now they're, they're being investigated. The police department itself is being investigated. But what is shocking is you
0: keep hearing people in the police department say we don't train
1: our officers to do this. So where are they learning it? Well that's other police departments. The the Minneapolis police department they do train people. It's it's in their manual and and, and a few police departments they still allow this knee on the neck thing to restrain, which is crazy to me. And but you know, out and out chokeholds pretty much have gone away, but for whatever reason Minneapolis they this is still there. But it's supposed to be you do that in order to restrain the person and if you think about it, I can think of some old 1970s police dramas where they, they came close to this knee on the neck stuff, I think they had knee in the back or, or stuff like that but you put the person in cuffs and then they, you know, pick him up and whatever that's that's the thing, this person, now, this person, George Floyd was in handcuffs there was no need for the maneuver, this was clearly excessive force and then it's excessive force for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. And as they showed with the, you know, the moment of silence, um, th- that is a very, very, very long time. Literally a long time.
0: Yes, it is a long time. Uh, but the other thing that I find it hard to get over is that, yeah, the police officers, the four police officers involved were fired uh, the next day or same day. No. Oh. They were fired next day. Right. But it took, it seemed like forever, to get them arrested.
1: Well, that's because these district attorneys can't, you you, you can't police your own house. And anyone who's watched Law & Order, you know, the original, and it's in syndication everywhere, Law & Order, not SVU, but the, the intro to Law & Order uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. It's like there there are two sides to to justice. You have the police that enforce the laws, and then you have the district attorneys that prosecute. It makes it very clear in the intro of Law and Order that they work together. So how can the the district attorney is is having to investigate and you know prosecute their own house people that they have to then work with. The, that's just, that's just never going to work. So you should always have, like they do in Washington, they have you know, um, special prosecutors, independent prosecutors, inspector generals. You, when these things come up, there should always be some independent entity that would investigate and prosecute. That's the way it should work. Otherwise, they were going to drag their feet, or the way this prosecutor was going, he put out the you wimpiest know, of charges, and between him and the medical examiner, this is my opinion, this is how I characterize what was going on, they were basically laying out a way for the, the police officer, former police officer, to have his defense team just run a truck through using the stuff that they were laying out there for them. And we've seen this in other, other cases in other cities, where it seems like the prosecutors are helping the police on trial get off. And that's where this was kind of headed, I think, until it short-circuited a little bit. And it short-circuited because they were going through this kind of, you know, wimpy kind of playbook and the district attorney was hemming and hawing. And that's when the folks in Minneapolis were like, you know, in the words of Fannie Lou Hamer, they were sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the riots started. Then, You know, shocking the next day. Less than 24 hours from when they had the press conference, you know, Chauvin is arrested. The, this is the, the former officer who murdered George Floyd. He's arrested and he's charged with third degree murder, which was you know, wimpy, but at least they did it. But they should have done that Thursday. Don't come out there Thursday and people can go, I'm sure it's on YouTube or other places, and just hear the press conference if you didn't hear the press conference originally. Because you know Brenda, I said it it's like this guy is just completely out of touch, and this is just bad news you We've seen this before, and you knew you knew the folks in Minneapolis were just going to lose their minds over his equivocating well, it wasn't just folks
0: in Minneapolis yes. <laughs> that lost their minds because there were protests in all fifty states across. The United States eventually, but not on Thursday, yeah, not on, not Thursday, on Thursday, but eventually, yes, eventually, and then and I think part of that, like you said, had to do with the delay in charges because it took what a week, no, no to no. get the charges for the other three officers,
1: yes, it took a week for them, but um but, but yes the 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 chauvin thing happened what, right, four days within, later. Which took, is
0: too long. But it right, that was too long, but it took even longer yes. to get charges against the three other officers that
1: clearly played a part in what went down. And this is what I, I just don't get this. And and the press isn't asking these folks these questions. And by these folks I mean the the police, district attorneys and others, not just in Minneapolis but elsewhere. It's the question I would have asked is if this murder had happened and it had been on videotape and witnessed by as many people there were in, the, in these crowds and it was, you know, just um, ordinary citizens, but the person who, who did the crime was African-American, can you say with a straight face that that individual would be able to walk around free? for four days after that murder being on videotape and all those witnesses I think the answer would be no they would have been arrested same day not even necessarily charged because the standard would be you basically think this probable cause there was probable cause on Memorial Day to take Chauvin's To fire him, take his badge and gun, fire him, arrest him, and continue investigating and come up with charges within however many hours. That's how it works for ordinary people. Whatever it is, 24, 48, 72 hours for charges, depending on where you are and what municipality. That's what would have happened for everybody else. But he got to walk around free for days. And if that riot hadn't happened in Minneapolis, you'll never convince me that he would have been charged on Friday. Well, David,
0: think about all the different
1: protests
0: and the people that were arrested same day of the protests. These are just people that were protesting.
1: Yes, you mean... And they,
0: they
1: were, were arrested right,
0: yes. and charged same day. Yes,
1: and had to, Well, they, they were arrested had to show up at court the next day. But, you know, they had to post bail and everything else. But, yes... I, I, yes, that's that's typically how it would work, and some of those folks, in a lot of these cases, and, until very, very recently, there were people who were protesting peacefully, and the cops were going nuts on, and you saw this play out on live TV on multiple networks, and local stations as well, not just the national stations, where people, I mean, look at what happened Monday in Washington, D.C., which we'll, we'll just have to talk about that completely separately, I think. Um, just just uh, to stay on topic here. But there were lots of folks who were, like you said, just scooped up. Or were roughed up by the police. And they weren't doing anything. At all. No, they were not
0: doing anything. But all of peacefully, pro- peacefully protesting. Right. Except for those who wanted to create chaos. And they came from out of nowhere. From other parts of the country. To do just that. Create chaos by looting and
1: burning and whatever else they were doing. But, but and see, this is this is where some days I wake up and I'm like, did I cross over into a parallel universe where this knowledge is not known? Because these infiltrators have been, this has been happening and, you know, a few of the anchors on TV, that's the only reason I know I haven't crossed over into a parallel universe. This has been happening with these infiltrators for at least a decade now, where you have the anarchists who've been around since 1999 when they pop, literally popped out of nowhere in Seattle when they had the, the um, G7 Summit in Seattle and the, the World Trade Organization meeting. And, and these anarchists went psycho in Seattle. And ever since then, they've been perfecting what they do. So yeah, the anarchists there. Then, of course, you've got the right-wing racist white supremacist extremists that show up. Then you have various skinhead groups that were showing up, or I like to call them the skateboard dudes. There were the people, if, you, if anyone was watching on TV, there the people who had the skateboards and they were, were using the skateboards as weapons. And you saw this in multiple cities. So those were like various skinhead groups. And then you have, the, like I said, the white supremacists. And some kinds of white supremacists weren't acting as white supremacists. They were pretending to be somebody else. And then, you, of course, you had looters who were taking advantage of the situation just, you know, opportunistically. But we also know, and some of this was caught on national TV, organized crime, which clearly had to be organized crime. I forget which city. It was either Chicago or Philadelphia. I think it was Philly, but I'm not sure. It was one or the other, where, you, you know, they came in in U-Haul trucks. They came in in U-Haul trucks. Got out the back of U-Haul trucks, started smashing up the windows. And I think it's just in Philly. It was like their version of kind of um, the Magnificent Mile, Dale Drive, that kind of thing. Went in and then came out with stuff and just loaded up the trucks and they were gone. That's organized crime. And you saw it in other areas versus folks from the neighborhood are like, hey, it's, it's open. The window's there. Let me run into Target and, you know, get baby formula and a whole bunch of other stuff I need to get and everything else.
0: Well, this kind of reminded me of the um, A Different World episode of the Rodney King riots, where Whitley found herself after she and um, Dwayne got married, and they were on their honeymoon in California. It's
1: season five, which nobody watched. Hey, well, what can I say? <laughs> I watched it. Yes, you did watch it.
0: And <laughs> this season five. She found herself... In the middle of the Rodney King riots, where people were looting all of the different stores and um, doing smash and grab kind of things. And what was interesting, just like what you would see in the riots that happened with the whole recent issues around Mr. Floyd, most of those people that were doing the right, not the rioting, but the,
1: the stealing, at least in the episode, were white. Yes, I mean, and you saw, that, you saw that play out here. You had most of the folks who were doing the damage, if you were really observing this, they were white folks. I mean, this is, that was just a fact. It didn't matter what station you were looking at. The folks doing the damage, whether it was Atlanta, Chicago, whatever, but when even you, in Minneapolis, but when you hear the vast it on the majority news, of them were white. But when you hear it on Can't the news, they... Well, of Don't course, they're gonna get. Picture. Of course, they're gonna blame the black folks. That was why a lot of those people came down there because they knew black folks would be blamed. They just went down there to cause problems, knowing it would be blamed on black folks. That's that's was the agenda of the white supremacists: blame black folks, get black folks to be blamed, so that the national guard, the Army's brought in, and and then you know a real race war starts because so many people have weird, weird ideology, and thankfully they they. That's the reason why I think it's kind of calmed down now is because folks started focusing on them, forgetting what everybody else was saying. They focused on the, the real infiltrators and perpetrators. So you had folks from the so-called you know Boogaloo group, the Boogaloo Boys. People in that group were arrested in, in L.A. You had people posing as National Guardsmen in multiple cities that um, were picked out either by the real Guardsmen, like there's something not quite right with that person's uniform or by other folks. And the infiltrators, the gig was up for them, and I think that's why they're like, okay, we've outlived this, you know, we've done what we could do and they've gone on, and, and organized crime already did what they wanted to do by the end of the weekend. So now we're down to just peaceful protests and one or two knuckleheads, but you still see a lot of, what I consider, a lot of police violence for no good reason, like shoving the, the old man, old, a 73-year-old white guy in in um, Buffalo New York who's just talking to them and they just shoved them on the ground you see his head bleeding I mean these videos are really hard to watch and they just left him there bleeding you know shoving the, the young woman in in New York City where and they basically gave her a concussion and and she, she's gonna have problems as well as the, the older gentleman and you, you see crazy stuff like that police not police journalists I've never seen so many journalists Roughed up, arrested, attacked. I mean, I thought it would have stopped when they, when um, Omar Jimenez was arrested live on the air by you know when he was doing his thing with CNN. But it it's kept going. Australia camera crews shot at live on television with rubber bullets. People hit with flashbangs. People arrested. It's this is crazy. I've never seen anything like that. So there's there's weird a lot of weird things happening. Yeah, there are weird things happening. But. but Again, if you are interested in seeing that a different world episode, that was back in the nineties. It was in ninety two. It was a few months after the actual. They filmed. They filmed it a few months after the actual. And that was riots. back in the
0: nineties, and it's now twenty twenty, and it's all happening all over again.
1: Yeah, but I mean, uh, sad to say, I, I remember the sixty eight riots over, you know, Dr. King being assassinated. I, I mean, this has been going on and on and on in very various, various ways, you know. You can get more contemporary with Freddie Gray in Baltimore. Hopefully, this will be the end of the cycle, but I remain somewhat skeptical. We'll see if real meaningful change comes out of this. Uh, and that's what people need to do. All this other thing are distractors. People need to stay focused on the issue, and the issues are policing what, may, what policing is needs to be reformed. There needs to be, you know, quite frankly, other parts of the country need to do more of what's been done in the city of Cincinnati through collaborative agreement that stemmed out of the riots that happened here, ironically. Um, when was that, 2001? Yes, that was, was 2001. I mean, right, it was almost 20 years ago when that happened. So if, if folks follow that model, that will at least get them on a nice path. And then, you know, this militarization of police needs to stop or at least get toned down um, because that's a big part of the problem. When you dress like you're going to war, you are going to start doing tactical maneuvers that are fit for a war against unarmed, and in this case, uh, peaceful civilians who are exercising their First Amendment rights. That's just... Not a good recipe for things.
0: No, that's not a good recipe. And um, unfortunately, folks are focusing on the wrong thing at the moment, which is all of the unrest. Well, there wasn't that much... When they should be focusing on the underlying cause of what created the situation in the first place. And it all basically comes down, I think to the other virus that we are forced to, to have to deal with in our
1: country, which is racism. And everything that stems out of that. I mean, as, as people like to say, the, you know, America's original sin, it goes back to that. In, in spiritual terms, people talk about the original sin of, of, of humans going back to um, the, the book of Genesis and Adam and Eve and all, but America's original sin was slavery. Basically, it had 1619, first of the slave ships come here, and it's been downhill ever since. The country's never really come to grips with that, because slavery in the United States was based on a, a complete white supremacist model, and um, in the interest of time, we're not going to go through All of that, but the the remnants of it are are still around. This whole white privilege thing, white females that feel like nine one one is their personal security service, and it's okay to lie uh, about black men. Going back to the the bird watcher in Central Park. Let's let's and and, and all these other incidents, but it but it's all it's all tied together because the whole bird watcher thing
0: was so ridiculous. Um, but captured on tape. I know. Can you imagine? And if it weren't captured on tape, the poor guy probably would have been killed.
1: If not, he definitely would be languishing in Rikers Island right now. I, I, he may not have been killed. He may have been, you know, lucky, quote unquote. But, um, and all because
0: he was trying to bird watch, and he wanted this white female to put her dog
1: on a leash. Which were the rules in that part of Central Park. So it's not like he was making an unreasonable request. In fact, he was asking her to follow the city ordinance.
0: And it all just goes back to the unreasonable, tragic incident that happened in Minneapolis when a black gentleman was accused of doing something with, um, what was
1: it, a, a legal mean the $20 bill? Yeah. Supposedly it was a counterfeit $20 bill.
0: And who's to say that he knew it allegation. was? That was who's, the allegation. Who's to say he knew it was counterfeit? Well, that's the thing. He might have thing. been passed a $20 bill that
1: looked like a real $20 bill, well, and he went to use it. Well, most counterfeits look like the real thing. There are some counterfeits that but are But there are some really people silly.
0: that can figure it out and you
1: got those markers that you can use. Right. And not everybody uses them. That's correct. But that's yes, people have been passed bad, you know, 20s and 50s and whatever from from bank tellers. I mean, this is this is documented. And that's why the owners of the of the store Cup CUP Foods, not to be confused with Cub Foods, which is a grocery chain there. This is Cup Foods, which looks like a a uh, grocery store, restaurant, kind of bistro thing, in in that neighborhood. The the owner has said, and his son, they they said that they never call the police nine one one on counterfeit. That's just not what they do. And unfortunately, the person who was there, they neither one of the the, the owner or his son, who's I, I guess the store manager, they weren't there. And the person who was the store manager there at the time called 911, which is, you know, they didn't train the person very well. Their their policy is not to call 911 because, as you said, you could pass a counterfeit bill, but you may not know that you had the counterfeit bill. And I don't think he even knew he had done done that because if you're passing counterfeit money, why would you hang around? because they're still in the area. The cops don't get there within 20 seconds of the call. I mean, there was enough time for him to get in his car with the other two folks who was there and leave if their goal was, okay, we're going to spread around counterfeit money and get change and do whatever. But So clearly, I don't think he even knew he had passed, been passed counterfeit bill. And he worked at that nightclub. It could have come from something having to do with the nightclub, it where he been? was a bouncer. And the, we'll never officer, know because there'll never be a trial on this. The so, officer that was,
0: oh, uh, that is allegedly him, yes. accused of putting his knee on the man's neck. Well, we see and it shouldn't
1: be alleged, but you well, know, well, it's not alleged. He put his knee on. It's uh, the allegation is that he murdered him.
0: He worked at the um, the nightclub also.
1: Yes, they both worked at the same nightclub, which was a, um, a Latino nightclub because CNN. Uh, Talked to the, the owner, I, it was, this wasn't planned, this was just kind of a, a, serendipitous thing, she, she was at the, the, the area shrine for, for George, George Floyd, and she was relaying how both of them worked for her, he, the, the, the officer, when he was an officer, you know how these off-duty, when they're off-duty, they do these security on the side kind of things for places, and he, he did that for, for her, and, um, People have said that George Floyd was a bouncer. Well, he was a bouncer at that club, and um, typically the uh, th- and this is this is interesting and telling. The club, a Latin club primarily, so you know Latino Hispanic folks normally are there. But she says she had um, what she called what they called urban nights, where it was you know um, R and B hip hop whatever, and a primarily uh, African American crowd. And she said how. Chauvin and the other off-duty Minneapolis police officers, when it was a Latino crowd, they would act the way you would expect people to act. But when it was a primarily African-American crowd, she said they were always on edge. And any little thing, they just escalated beyond what needed to happen, she said. She was like, they would whip out pepper spray, they would call... 911 and get police backup there for stuff that didn't need police backup and she, she relayed a whole bunch of things. Uh, uh, and I was thinking why are you still employed these folks but that's apparently, you know, if not him somebody else from cuz everybody says the Minneapolis PD has issues going back decades with uh people of color. All right, so let's let's play a little game
0: of Categories or Scrabble, and you have
1: for well, which both. one? No, They're two different games.
0: Well, They're either not, one, uh, I, both of them involve unscrambling letters, do they not? Not really. I mean, you, okay, you're playing a game where you have to unscramble not, some letters that I'm about to give you. Okay, fine. Okay, and the word spelled out is America. Now
1: unscramble America and what do you get? Um, I I think um, this is this is um, these are anagrams. By the way, that's what this but is. But unscramble. Uh, yes, yeah, and so you get America an anagram. I, what am do you get? I am race. I am race. You're getting it. It's not unscrambles. Make an anagram out of it. Okay. So racism.
0: That's what America seems to be about in the last four hundred plus years. Yes,
1: yeah, original sin. Yeah,
0: and. That's what seems to have boiled down to what happened to Mr. Floyd on Memorial Day 2020. If he were, like you said, some other race, he might still be alive.
2: George Floyd's story has been the story of black folks. Because ever since 401 years ago, the reason we could never be who we wanted and dreamed to be is you kept your knee on our neck. We were smarter than the underfunded schools you put us in, but you had your knee on our neck. We could run corporations and not hustle in the street, But you had your knee on our neck. We had creative skills. We could do whatever anybody else could do. But we couldn't get your knee off our neck. What happened to Floyd happens every day in this country, in education, in health services, and in every area of American life. It's time for us to stand up in George's name and say, get your knee off our necks.
0: Here's what people are saying about this and that with David and Brenda. It's very informative,
2: very good. I've had the opportunity to listen to quite a few of your podcasts. Very inspiring, folks.
0: I especially appreciated your discussion separating myths from reality. Your podcasts are amazing. Thank you both for that. So let's take our conversation in the direction of COVID-19 amidst all of what's going on with Mr. Floyd and funeral and protests and all of that. I'm noticing with all of this that people are getting together in very large groups and they're not wearing masks, they're not physical distancing. Right. So are we likely to see a spike in uh, COVID-19 numbers?
1: The probability of that happening is, I would say, quite high. So the answer is yes, with the caveat of what if people are asymptomatic? Because George Floyd had COVID, but he was asymptomatic. So what if people are asymptomatic? We'll we'll never know. I mean, they'll spread it around, but we'll never know. And then um, the the other thing is certain areas of the country, the spread of COVID is, is slowing down can't really say my opinion you can't really say why because you can't say oh it's the heat or the humidity because you can look at georgia georgia's had high heat and humidity their numbers aren't going down despite what they kind of say on tv they're about the same but you look at florida florida's numbers have been going up since they've opened and it's much more humid and hotter in florida than it is in georgia so well, it's not I, a huge I, thing. I think those Georgia
0: numbers are going to go up, given all the protesting that was happening in Atlanta yeah. because of the Floyd incident.
1: Yes, but my, my point is we we still don't understand this virus very well because we just don't understand this virus For well. I'll just keep it at that. And the experts, every week, they they come out with something new. That's like, well, we told you this, but no, now that's not true. Or the virus is doing this now, that type of thing. I mean, case in point, people keep talking about, oh, well, it takes two weeks for symptoms to appear. That may not be true anymore. Because when you look at what's going on in Russia and China and some other places, it's taking really three weeks for symptoms to appear. And that's been throwing folks off on a lot of things. It's taken three weeks for the symptoms to appear and then there are even more people who are asymptomatic, but the the these other folks aren't asymptomatic. But instead of it being two weeks, it's three weeks, and then they start showing symptoms. But they've been shedding virus for you know weeks. We don't know if that variation is going to hit the U.S. If that's part of what's going on, we don't know. Just don't know what's what's happening. But you look so up.
0: if people are going to participate in protests um, or any other large gatherings related to the Floyd incident. Again, we are in the middle of a COVID-19
1: pandemic. Yes. What should folks be doing? Well, the experts say, again, this is a respiratory virus, so you want to wear some form of face covering, and that's either a face covering, cloth face covering, or a mask. As in surgical mask or a respirator, like uh, the N95 respirators, and, then, and all these are different. We're not going to get into these differences in this podcast, maybe in another podcast. But you want to wear some form of face covering, primarily to protect other people from, in case you are asymptomatic, from catching it from you. And, and you know, if you have a respirator or some other things, you can, obviously that that would protect yourself as well as well as a um, triple layer mask, surgical kind of mask, that you get some protection from that. But you want some kind of face covering. You also need to protect your eyes because your eyes have mucous membranes. So you need to get some kind of wraparound glasses or goggles or um, eyewear like you would wear in an industrial setting that has shields on the side or in a lab lab glasses. And, and if you wear glasses yourself, your glasses, unless you've got, you know, Horace Grant or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar kind of goggles, you need to get um, eye protection that will fit over your glasses. And there there's tons of things that, that will work. But you want to protect your eyes because, again, mucous membranes. And they have face shields like you see in hospitals, but that's kind of unwieldy to, to walk around and and, and, um, and also, you you know, you will be subject to ridicule, I think, as well, out in the, the real world with that. Yelling and shouting just spews more of um, these micro-droplets. And again, unless you have a respirator on, these coverings are going to block some but not all. And um, the more you yell, the louder you yell, the, the less they're going to block. Uh, and that's a both ways kind of thing. So instead, the experts say, Come up with hand signals or something like that, so you're not having to yell, and so you have hand signals for what you're trying to do. I think that I think this is, fe- this is good advice, but that's kind of futile. People are going to want to march and going to say say his name and everything else, but you know that's that's good advice from the experts. Is don't um, spew all this stuff. Also, um, the the other things that they would say is you want to make sure still some way. You're going to be packed together, so physical distancing is not going to happen. But have a group, and have a group, a buddy group, or whatever, so that you are limiting your exposure to people you don't know. And this, so if you have this buddy group and you're around them, that just limits um, the number of people who might be infected and can infect you, and vice versa. And also, it, it will help with contact tracing if that becomes necessary, because otherwise it becomes kind of impossible. It's like, yeah, I was at this protest and I was around you know, all these people. I have no idea who they are, where they came from.
0: Well, I think it's going to become, um, the numbers are going to go up even more so because of what's been happening with all the protests when it comes to COVID-19 numbers. So... Right now, I believe we're at uh, 106, 109.
1: About 114,000 people.
0: Who have died as a result. of In the U.S. In the U.S. as a result of COVID-19. Yeah. So let's see what that number is about a month from now when we do another podcast. And let's see if we can somehow tie it back to all the protests that are going on and Trust me, uh, I don't think that it's going to end at, uh, this week. Um, protests are going to continue throughout the next several weeks, months. Because I think this is... Well, let me ask you this question. Some people say it's
1: a moment. Some people say it's a movement. Yeah. What do you think? I agree with former President Obama. It's a moment. Is it a movement it's not organized enough to be a movement uh, until leaders emerge and folks listen to them. And it's not just anybody on social media. It's like the other, other night where folks were, you know, downtown and then uh, the curfew was coming up there are like, Hey, let's, you, you I saw, this, I saw this in real time on social media. People are like, Hey, let's, let's go out here because there's no curfew there. And was like, Oh, well, what's the address? And it was like, what time? It's, That's not a movement. It's really not a movement, doing stuff like that. So until you have people who harness the energy and say, here's what our demands are going to be. And we've seen this happen around the world in different movements. And some of them were successful, some were not successful. But until you have leaders emerge that the other folks are going to listen to, and they're like, here's what our demands are going to be, and here's what our strategy is going to be. There's no strategy right now to uh, to this. I agree it's not going to end, but it's not a movement until people are like here's what the strategy's going to be. And I, a lot of of the old guard are trying to or not trying. They're 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 like, well, it's the young young folks' turn. So we we we've, we've done our stuff. It's up to the young folks. That's the wrong attitude. Cuz if you look at the civil rights movement, the the old guard were like in, if you look at the uh, Montgomery bus boycott, um, you had Rosa Parks, everything that stemmed out of that. The Baptist ministers in Montgomery went to a 20-something-year-old, I think it was only 24, Martin Luther King Jr. at the time, and said, you, you're going to be the face of this. They basically dreamt up the strategy, and they got the young folks with energy and everything else that people were going to listen to, to to go forward to galvanize people, but you had the old guard that helped mentor and strategize and the like, and that's what's missing right now. You can't just say, "Oh, well, we washed our hands of it," because that's not how it worked for you. For those folks, that's not how it worked. That's that's. I mean, come on. Well, so whether you call it so, it's not going to be a movement until you get some leaders and they, because because and I hate to bring up examples because the ones I can think of were were kind of failed examples, but. Typically, you 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 have, you know, mentors or the university professors or organizers or politicians. That's where you get a, a movement together.
0: Well, whether you think of this as a moment or a movement, it doesn't matter. It's going to be around for a while. I don't think it's going to end anytime soon because you've just had charges brought against the um, four former police officers in question, and they have been arrested, and they're in jail. They're likely to get out on bail at some point, but then you got the trial, and who knows how long that's gonna take given all the COVID-19 stuff that's going on.
1: This is something that's gonna happen for a while, and, and it's not gonna stop, and it's beyond the trial.
0: Here's what people are saying about this and that with David and Brenda.
1: Thank David, and thank you, Brenda, for what you guys are doing. It's
0: this and that, actually, with David and Brenda. Great podcast.
2: I like what you guys are doing. Continue engaging folks and starting dialogue. That's what this is all about. You guys are good. I look forward on hearing more
1: from you throughout the coming years. Economies are opening back up, stay-at-home orders, shelter-in-place orders, lockdowns are being lifted. And um, as summer is coming up here in the Northern Hemisphere, people are going to want to get out in good weather and take advantage of all these things that are coming back online. Now, while that's happening, the virus has not changed. It has not gone away and it has not changed. What's happened is people's attitudes and perception of the virus has changed. So, still well, need I, to. I be... thought
0: folks were acting like um, the virus is gone.
1: They are, and that's it's, the problem. It's been solved.
0: <laughs> that's the problem. There's a vaccine. We don't have to oh, don't, worry about that.
1: Don't start me on all that. How, how are you going to live with this? If you're going to venture out, there there are lots of public health experts, epidemiological experts who, who have laid out, here, essentially what I, I would, you know, when I was doing corporate cybersecurity, some of the things I did were risk management, put together lots of different risk matrices, and some of these folks at the, like Harvard Public Health and everything else, they put some of these things together. And in plain English, I'll I'll just give you the whys and wherefores. What are you talking about? There's no risk. (laughs) Depending who you talk to, especially... Let's go and hang out with the the
0: hundreds, if not thousands of individuals that are hanging out on beaches without their mask on and that kind of stuff. Well, you know, let's go inside grocery stores and not have a mask on and yell across the aisle and and do all the other stuff. Let's go to a sporting event where they don't have any kind of seating separation. And let's go and sit shoulder to shoulder and spit on each other. And <laughs> spit on each other? Well, when we're yelling. Span,
1: yes. You don't let's,
0: realize that you're doing it, but you yes, are doing it. Well, when you're course. yelling at the folks on the field or on the court yes. because of... The play that they did that goes
1: against your team. Fortunately, none of that's going to be able to happen anytime soon. But if if you are going to venture out and go to these places, let's the the riskiest places to go. Well, first of all, all these places recommend that if you have a, if you're immunocompromised, if you have high risk conditions that will complicate. You, you know, uh, you having COVID 19, like um, obesity, diabetes, any type of lung disease, uh, hypertension, you all know the list. They basically are like, don't venture out.
0: Yeah, you better think long and hard before you go out the don't door. Don't venture out. Is it unless worth it's, risking your life? Yes. Because that's basically
1: what, what you're, you're doing. doing. They're like, risking unless, your life. Unless you're going to like your doctor get treated for some of those those conditions or something else that something else that is absolutely life and death then like don't do it don't venture out until there you know are you know some forms of treatments not just one-off therapeutics some form of treatments or a vaccine that is really absolute actually effective and safe and don't venture out. So no, that doesn't set mean... Set those people aside. That doesn't mean you shouldn't go outside
0: your front door and get some fresh air or we talking like When
1: I say go outside, we're talking about going to these places that are opening up. So, going to the mall, going to the bowling alley, going to the tattoo parlor, barbershop, movie theater, restaurant, whether it's indoor and outdoor, the beach, etc. And, and you so shouldn't me. be in, in groups. Um... Well, a lot of places still have restrictions on numbers of people and everything else. But, but again, if you're in one of those high-risk categories, don't even venture out. That's, that's just where that is. Everybody else, um, what, they're, what they, they're saying is, um, again, indoors is riskier. Being indoors is riskier than being outdoors. Especially if you're indoors in an area that is uh, you know small and space. The air is going to circulate around in there and so on. There's not a whole lot that you can do. So you want to avoid those areas or if you have to be in there, if people are also wearing masks and you can do social distancing, then, or physical distancing, sorry, then, you know, 10 minutes. So, like, make sure your exposure is less than 10 minutes in those kind of places. Otherwise, you may be getting enough viral load just because of what's circulating around in there to end up getting infected. Case in point, there have been lots of case studies done in Asia, South Korea, Taiwan, Japan, and so on, and plus mainland China um, that show, in fact, there's one study in in Korea that shows how one guy in a restaurant infected like 80% of the people in the restaurant. This one person just by sitting at his table and the air conditioner vent was behind them, so it was blowing his talking or laughing and everything else and just recirculating that. So, people downwind, so to speak, at a completely other table, everybody except the person furthest away, kind of uh, on the table, these are round tables, so kind of like furthest away from that path. All those other people got infected, all the people he was at a table got infected. Some people on another table got infected. I mean, that's, this is what you're, we're talking about. Air circulation is critical. So that, that type of thing. And if you invite somebody in your house who's not in your normal circle, uh, you will want to open up windows so you can get airflow and circulate things around. Plus, they should be wearing a mask, you wear a mask and so on, and physically distance. So if you can do those things, you can minimize the risk. The risk will never be zero. But you can minimize your risk. So grocery stores, the, the major, major grocery stores, because the way the, the ceilings are and they put in these plexiglass all over and everything else, I'm like if you can get in there and get out in like 10 minutes, n- you know, you're know you probably going to be okay. After that, you're kind of in the danger zone. I, I liken it to if you're somewhere where there's a lot of nuclear radiation they give you one of those, those badges. that that are green and then you just pay attention to see when it starts turning red to red you don't want it to fill up all the way this is the kind of how you have to think about these things so movie theaters and other places where you're going to be in there for like the average movie is like 90 minutes they're like you're insane this is my characterization characterization of what they say that is just not a good place to be because of the way the airflow works and everything else even if you're physically distancing there, you know, we know that these places create super spreader events. Church services, everybody, you you are not if it's if it's going to be more than ten people. Uh, if it's but like the old days, that is just a bad situation. There are so many super spreader events in multiple countries that come out of all sorts of religious services, you know, across the spectrum, not uh, of of religions. They. They always become super spreader events because people are singing, they're shouting, they're hugging each other, they're close to each other for hours at a time. It's just, you know, those are just not good places to be. Um, Oddly enough, the beach, they actually say because of the way the wind is and everything else in the surf, as long as you're sticking with, you know, family group on the beach... And everything else, as long as your social dis uh, physical distancing, excuse me, um, um, folks, and everything else, and still wearing masks, please wear the masks. Then, beach is probably they're they're saying beach is probably fine, even if you're there for hours and hours. If you're if you're doing it that way, Be, you know, if you're there with a whole, if you start playing, you know, beach football and soccer and everything else, no, that's a completely different animal. But if you're just there you're out in the ocean or whatever you're you're doing if it's a you know a man-made water park or whatever if you're there with a group that you know and everything else and you're physically distancing and you're wearing mask face covering etc that's not really You know, oddly enough, they're saying that's not that risky. It becomes risky when you start intermingling with other folks that you have no clue about, and you start doing, you know, physical activities like you might at the beach or beach football or other stuff like that. That becomes problematic.
0: Well, one thing that folks should keep in mind as part of all this reopening that's going on across the U.S. and across the the world, um, if you have folks that you live with that are impacted by health concerns like diabetes, obesity, the things David mentioned, um, you got to be careful about your going out and coming back home because you might be bringing
1: something back to them. Yes, that is absolutely true. So you you have to gauge your risk. If you go out and you're living with somebody who is, Um, If you have, like, grandparents, and these are grandparents and they're um, above the age of 65, then you have to act like you're the 65-year-old. You yourself may not catch it and and die, but again, like Brenda said, you could uh, become a carrier or, you know, you could actually get sick yourself, but you spread it to them before you start showing symptoms. And they have just bad outcomes because their immune system, given their age, advanced age, is not as good as yours if you're younger. I mean, that's just a fact. That's why vaccines for elderly folks are so hard and why I think that, you know, this is my editorializing right now. But I think a lot of these COVID-19 vaccine um, hunters, I'll say, because that's what they're trying to do. They, I, I think they're going to punt on vaccines for folks over the age of 60, 65. I, I really do. They're, they're just going to punt on that. Oh, well, the jury is still out. In the
0: meantime, folks need to be safe.
1: Comments? Send your feedback to that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com.
0: Our 50th episode of
1: This and That has come to an end. It has indeed. It is time to upload the Golden Podcast to the cloud. So, am I supposed to be singing again? You know you want to.
0: This is our Golden Podcast. This is our Golden Podcast. Podcast. Golden. Okay. That was bad, but... We've reached a significant milestone of having our fiftieth episode of this and that with David and Brenda.
1: So what would what will the hundredth episode be?
0: I have no idea. But we have a ways to uh before we get there, so we got some time to think about it.
1: Uh, just a little bit.
0: So for those that were listening to our 50th Golden Podcast, thank you for listening. We hope we dropped some knowledge like we try to do as part of our being able to inform, inspire, impact with our brand of infotainment. And not only do we want to thank those who were listening to this podcast, this episode of our podcast, uh, we also want to thank those who you may have heard throughout the podcast with their comments, who sent who may have sent us emails that we included. Uh, thank you for your contribution to our fiftieth episode, our golden podcast. Uh, we couldn't include everybody, but we did read all the emails and listen to the comments that we got. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us on our journey of podcasting and making it to our 50th episode.
1: Thank you. Thank you to all the loyal listeners that make up this and that nation. And we look forward to coming back with many more episodes and hope that you will come back too.
0: We sign off with all the best. Stay woke. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com. Music by Pottington Bear. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and/or advertising, please email us at this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you, and all the best.